Hello and welcome back to the Irish Football Fans Podcast. Uh, this, I'm Joseph McCarthy from the Irish Abroad website and I'm joined again by Mark Kennedy from Hawkeye Psychic and Philip Flanagan from the Bottomless Pit of Football. Uh, with the Premier League all set to return, uh, we're going to do a short review of the season to date uh, for Irish players across the water and see if there's anything to look forward to for Irish fans uh, in the remaining games of the season. So, uh, welcome lads. All right, Joe. All right, Philip. How are things? How are you, lads? How are things? Good, yeah, good, good. Thanks. So we can start with Arsenal. Uh, it's been a long time since we had a, an Irish player at Arsenal. Uh, Connor Henderson, I think, was the the last uh, Irish player to turn out for the Gunners, and you know it's even been even longer since one appeared in the league. And Arsene Wenger famously never started an Irish player in the Premier League, and it looks like that trend is unfortunately going to continue, at least for the time being, under under Mikel Arteta. Um, if you look at the under the under twenty one squad at Arsenal, we do have Jordan McAniff, uh, Mazido Gungbo, and Michael McGuinness. But realistically, they're not going to make an appearance uh, in the 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 last the latter stages of the uh, twenty nineteen twenty season. But I think things might be looking brighter at uh, at Aston Villa. Uh, Connor Horan has uh, been a regular uh, a regular. Appeared regularly in the the Claret this season. Uh, he's made his twenty four appearances uh, across the across the season and uh, weighed in with seven goals. Uh, so I think, Mark, uh, how do you think the season has gone for uh, for Horan? He's he's really impressed, you know, coming up from the Championship um, and seems to have taken well to the Premier League. No, I agree with that, Joe, because I know with Dean Smith he had he has experimented an awful lot in terms of that midfield central midfield uh, but I've felt whenever Horahan has been in the, the side they have a little bit more solidity about them you know and even he's kind of box-to-box style long-range shooting and also his set piece have been really prominent for Villa I know they're kind of deep in the relegation mire but it's imperative for Dean Smith that he has Horahan on the pitch here along with likes him again target guys like that uh, to really kind of strike on and hopefully get out of the relegation zone but he's had a good season so far yeah, and I think it's important to recognise that you know he he has had Astonville playing you know an attractive brand of football you know there, but you know perhaps it's the the defence that's letting them down. Um, and you you've it's been a long time since we've had uh, you know Villa in the Premier League, and you know I don't want to see them return to the 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 second tier of football in England that they're at the first attempt. Uh, you think that they could be one of these teams that could be ripe for asset stripping by by the Premier League teams and, you know, again, if that happens, then it could be a while before we see them return. You know, I'd just like to to mention that uh, Tyreek Wright from the uh, the Ireland Under-19s has been called into the training for the the final games of the season. So, you know, if we we might see him make make his Premier League debut, um, if he does, uh, he'll actually be the, the fifth uh, the fifth Irish teenage player to to appear in the Premier League this season, um, and that hasn't happened since uh, since ninety nine, two thousand season. So I think that's that's kind of bode well for the the future, uh, the future of uh, Irish football in the Premier League. We're starting to see uh, more players uh, appear uh, certainly this season, and more goals being scored as well. So, uh, Philip, um, after Villa. Uh, we come to to Bournemouth. Um, now Harry Arter has spent the, the season out on loan, and it looks like his time um, uh, with uh, House side uh, is coming to an end, and he might be making the move to to Fulham permanent. But they've still had uh, Mark Travers make a few appearances this season, um, and Gavin Kilkenny impressed in pre-season, but still hasn't made his uh, his Premier League debut, although he has appeared in in the, the League Cup for the Cherries. Um, do you think that we're going to see either of them again before the end of the season? I don't think so because of the situation they're in and Esther's injuries. I think Bournemouth are really struggling. Um, I think there's a good chance to go down as well. So it's 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 hard to say um, unless he's 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 going to rejig things. Um, I don't think we'll see too much of them. I, it's, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of clubs like that down the bottom. Even Norwich, you wonder are you going to see many of the young players coming through if they have still a small chance of staying up. So uh, as far as Travers is concerned, maybe if they're safe, if, if they, if they're gone down or if they are safe with a couple of games to go, I'm sure we will, but we won't know. We probably won't see, see them for the first, maybe four or five games, I'd say, because it is so tight on there. Yeah, I suppose, just... I suppose guys uh, with Bournemouth, 
Aaron's Ramsdale's situation, particularly with the COVID-19 positive test results, does that change matters at all? Because I know he's been in isolation, the squad have been training away. So I'm not sure, you know, particularly Travers, you know, he's definitely battling with Arthur Burch for the number two spot. But I wonder if that changes um, Eddie House thinking at all here. I wonder. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. And it's not just, uh, uh, you know, he's missed the, he's missed the training camp. Uh, whatever training that they have done to date, and will he be able to come back? Will he be fit enough to handle the rigors of uh, Premier League football? You know, when he does return. That's uh, a good point, Mark. Okay, so uh, then uh, come to Brighton. Um, you know, I'm not really sure if Brighton have uh, have kicked on from the from Chris Hutton's reign last season, and I think uh, you know the the new manager has definitely sought to put his own stamp on the team. But I'm not really sure if it's worked out. You know they're they're only a couple of points better off, and you know only you know three positions better off than they were uh, at the end of at the end of last season. Um, and I think one of the players that's unfortunately suffered well maybe suffered isn't the right word, but Shane Duffy hasn't made as many appearances um, as he had at this stage last season, and doesn't look like he's going to make the same amount of of appearance even by the by the end of the season. Um, on the other hand, uh, Aaron Connolly um, is definitely. Very much part of the first team picture, and you know, marked his uh, marked his first appearance in the Premier League with two goals against Spurs way back in October. Um, and even on top of that, uh, the under twenty one defender Warren O'Hora has been offered uh, a new contract. So we could see him again with the the expanded number of substitutes in the Premier League, uh, but until the end of the season, we could see him uh, brought into the to the first team picture. I mean. That has to be positive, right, Mark? Oh, definitely, very much so, um, uh, Joe. I mean, I think Brighton and Hull, for me, they're a very much a vulnerable team. And just in terms of their football and style, they're very nice to watch. But uh, unfortunately, they've just not been able to put the goals in the back of the net. I mean, Neil Malpe has had fluctuating kind of spells of form this season. But as you say yourself, it would be good to kind of get more kind of Irish influence here. And I think Aaron Connolly coming back from full uh, from injury, he's had a very stop-start season this year. And I know I've seen him on Twitter there yesterday, said that he's raring to go, he's fully fit. Hopefully he gets his opportunity now to produce the goods for Brighton. But yeah, it would be nice to see Shane Duffy as well getting a bit more game minutes. And I think Graham Potter has been left with no option here. He needs goals from anywhere. And I mean, Shane Duffy, particularly from his set-piece, you know, from a corner, free kick, he's powerful in the air. So I hopefully should see more of Shane Duffy as well uh, in the centre-half position. Yeah, and, you know, Brighton, and they're on 29 points, but there's three teams immediately below them, all in 27. I mean, that can change in a in a single weekend of football. I think what might save them at the moment is their, uh, their defence. They've only conceded uh, 40 points, which is less than uh, every other team immediately around them, and every other team below them has conceded more. Um, you know, Phil, do we, I think Brighton are one of the teams that we want to stay up, you know, not just because of the Irish players that are there at the moment, but next season we're going to have Jason Malumbi back from his loan spell at Millwall, and we really want to see him playing Premier League football. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, it's, I think it's really important that Brighton stay up, especially for, for young Connolly's development, because he's already shown that he has the, the strength and he's, he's, he looks clever enough to play Premier League football, whereas you look at someone like maybe Parrot, who Mourinho thinks isn't ready yet. Connolly definitely looks ready and has shown that, as you said, in that game against Tottenham. Um, I think it was United. He played well against United as well this season. But um, especially for Duffy as well, we could really do with Duffy getting a good run now for the last nine games. And that's a good point about the goals because, look, he was our top scorer last season. He he what six goals last season, I think. So they could really do with them getting on the end of a couple now to keep them safe. Um, it's kind of you're looking at the table there though, and uh, as you said, it's a bit of a, it's a hard one to call who goes down. Possibly like Norwich, very much so, but it's hard to pick from the other four teams. So, anything's possible. Yeah, at, at the moment it's looking like Norwich, and then any two from the next uh, next five sides. Um, I think Southampton on thirty four points. Uh, five points clear of Brighton in 15th are not mathematically safe yet, but I don't think they're going to be brought into the, the, the relegation fight at the, you know, at the end of the season. Um, okay, so 
after Brighton now we come to Burnley and possibly one of the strangest transfer rumours um, in a long time. Jeff Hendrick has been linked with a close season move to AC Milan, uh, the Serie A Giants. Possibly not quite at the, the same heights that they were in the, the early 90s, but still, I mean, that would be a, a fantastic move for the midfielder. Uh, Mark, do you, I mean, do you think he'd adapt well to the football in Serie A? Yeah, it might be might be a good move for both parties really, because I know East Milan kind of are kind of flirting within that top five, six in Syria. Not the giant footballing giant that they once were, but even for Jeff Hendrick, it's good to get a link like that because Burnley's financial predicament at the moment, guys, can't be underestimated here. I mean, even with the pandemic and the resumption of the football, they were one of the clubs really who have been struggling all ends up in terms of looking for the season to conclude. And I think from a Hendrick point of view, maybe. You know, Pastor's new might really, really invigorate him, and the style of football in Serie A as well. He's a very clever player, good technically. It, it could actually suit Hendrik down to the ground and new environment in Milan, nice city as well. Um, so let's see how that link progresses. Yeah, it'd be phenomenal to see you know an, an Irish player playing uh, Serie A football for the first time since you know uh, Liam Brady. I know Robbie Keane was at Inter Milan, but he never played Serie A football with them. Um, you know, also at Burnley, we have Kevin Long, who is actually the longest serving uh, footballer at Burnley at the moment. But he's only made, I think, uh, 66 appearances uh, for the side. Um, so, I, I, again, he's just kind of a squad player. And um, I doubt he's going to add to his appearances before the end of the season. And if he does, it will only maybe only one or two. Um, and finally, the the Irish Trinity uh, Burnley is Robbie Brady, who, you know, Phil, I think he's, you know, he's had a very stop start, um, kind of over the last two seasons of football, really. Um, and he's he scored once this season against Manchester City, but uh, it was a consolation goal at the end of a hammering. Um, we we kind of need Robbie Brady to to find. The, the the kind of verve and trickery that he had, you know, around uh, 2016 when he scored against Italy. Uh, I I think he's he struggled to hit those heights in the in on the last four years. I mean, no one expects him to score last minute winners against uh, Italy every week. But yeah, I, I know he's had injuries, but he's hasn't recovered. I think properly from them. Um, and maybe you know his fitness levels mightn't be great. The break I think uh, for the 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 restrictions probably came at a good time for him. Um, so I'd, I would like to see him get a run of games for Burnley. You know, in the the final few games of the season. Yeah, I think um, I think there's a good chance we'll see him involved, probably off the bench. Um, he's only after signing that twelve month contract extension. So that's a good sign. Dyche obviously values him, and he has been hit with injuries. I was looking at his injury um, list there earlier. He missed um, something like 210 days for his knee, 17-18, and then he had the hamstring then last season. Um, And he has come back, but Dwight McNeil then has come in at left wing and made that position his own. So he struggled to get back into that position. But I think the fact that Dyche has... Has made him has got him to sign the twelve month extension. I think it's he's a valuable player because he can play kind of all across midfield, and he can play left back. Um, and Ireland have really missed him, really missed him. Like he's only twenty eight. Um, so you'd be hoping if he did play some sort of bit part for the end of this for the the remains of this season that he could get back into the team next season. Um, and maybe kick on from there get a good run without injuries but it's the injuries that are, are, are really hampering them yeah i think that's uh and you know similar to, to robbie brady you know james mccarthy at crystal palace you know he's he's suffered greatly with injuries you know he only just come back um from one serious uh knee injury and he gets injured after only two or three games and is out again for a better part of a year you know, he moved to Crystal Palace last season. We all kind of waited to see what Roy Hodgson would do with him. And I think he's probably been one of Ireland's better performers in the Premier League this season. You know, he's played 25 times for the Eagles. He still hasn't scored, but he's not really known for his uh, his goal-scoring ability. He's that kind of midfielder that sits deep and acts as a link between uh, defence and midfield. Um, 
and Hodgson isn't the kind of manager that would uh, that wouldn't stick with a player that wasn't performing for him. Um, you know, again, I think James McCarthy is a player that we need back playing regular top class football, and you know, it's that can only be good for Ireland. I think like some of our best some of our best performances and and victories um, uh, came with him playing in that uh, that midfield holding role. Um, so you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to possibly seeing him uh, back involved in Ireland for or with Ireland, you know, under uh, under Stephen Kenny, um, you know, whenever the, whenever the international uh, uh, football returns, you know, uh, Stephen Henderson went to Palace as well, um, but you know, I think he was only ever going to be a, a backup goalkeeper. He was named on the bench once this season. And uh, at 32, I think the move probably suited him. Um, you know, he wasn't really uh, getting football at Nottingham Forest. Um, and, you know, that second or third choice goalkeeper at Crystal Palace at a Premier League club um, is probably as good a move as he could hope for. You know, I'd like to, to mention as well, Keane Flanagan, you know, the he was the Crystal Palace Academy player of the season last season. And we kind of thought that we might see him play um, for, or at least be involved in the first team picture of Palace, but for some reason, um, he just hasn't made that step up yet. And he had a trial um, with South Hens uh, just before the end of 2019. Obviously, nothing came of that. You know, perhaps there's a chance that he could be uh, he could be involved uh, in the Palace team before the end of the season with the increased number of substitutes and the increased number of number of substitutions that uh, a team can make uh, in each game. So, so Mark, I mean, do you, what did you think of uh, James McCarthy's move to Crystal Palace? And, you know, how, did, how do you think it's worked out for him? Uh, I think it was a move that was required from James McCarthy's perspective. It, it was, if you think about it, it was, very, it, it was a disappointing end to his Everton career. Um, the constant injuries really hampered him. But uh, as I kind of note in my blog, you know, when James McCarthy's fully match fit, I don't think there's a better player than him, particularly in that defensive midfield area uh like he, he's a very tidy player on the ball as well so and with a good experienced manager in Roy Hodgson um he's has gotten game time this season for sure and I think he's kind of flourished as the season's gone on as he's gotten more fitness and more game minutes under his belt so I mean I think it's a beneficial move for him I mean I know he's age 28 but I still think he has an awful lot still to offer um for Crystal Palace and you never know as well come the off season as well there could be other suitors likes of Leeds United potentially coming out of the championship be the ideal player for Leeds United to kind of step up to the next level next season so I mean it's a good it's a good foundation season for James McCarthy again yeah and like actually I think I, I would love to see how he would re, uh, work under a manager like uh, Bielsa um, I think he, he would be the kind of player that uh, Bielsa would love to work with as well yeah, it's, it's an interesting interesting call there Mark Okay, so at Everton, James Coleman has continued as club captain. Um, I think most people would agree that you know the last season, he uh, he hasn't really hit the heights of previous seasons, but he's still a very much uh, a first team player at Everton, and you know it's up. He other players have tried to come in and take that position off of him, and he's still there, and he's still club captain. And now um, you know working with one of the the great managers of uh, of world football, you know, not just English of uh, not just English football. Um, Everton perhaps uh, took a while to to find their stride, uh, maybe to respond to the new manager. You know, they're currently twelfth um, on on thirty seven points, uh, but they're you know they're they're not far off uh, Tottenham uh, in eighth. It's possible, you know, a late season surge could see them in Europe, Phil. Um, and a lot could depend on how the, the judgment goes with the, the Manchester City case at UEFA. Yeah, um, as regards Coleman, it's it's kind of one of the the big decisions that Kenny will have to make. Um, do we, as regards his um, formation, you know, if he plays a back four, do you play Coleman? Do you play Coleman or Doherty? Yeah, and I think that's that's a a problem that. Any manager would struggle with how do you get the two of them into the same team? 
it's a great problem to have, but I'd yeah. be hoping that that as you said that Ancelotti can can maybe take him on a bit and improve. It's hard. I, I wouldn't say improve. There's not much more improvement in his game. He, you know, he's getting on a bit, but maybe even try and um, reimagine him as maybe a centre back, maybe something like that, because he he has been he hasn't been great this season. He's been in and out. Sadibe is kind of giving him a good run for his money down the right. Um, so you'd like to see Ancelotti try and do something with him. Yeah, Maybe still a bit of confidence back in him. Yeah, I think Ancelotti definitely thinks that he can get something for him from him. Um, he might not be like the marauding fullback that we, we were used to seeing um, in uh, every, you know, week in, week out for everything. But I think you know working with a manager like Ancelotti, it could extend his career at the very top level. Um, and obviously, look, what's good what's good for, for Seamus Coleman is good for Everton and is good for Ireland. Um, I don't think he's going to be uh, dispossessed as Ireland captain straight away. But like I said, um, it'll be interesting to see how Stephen Kenny approaches the, the problem of getting him and Matt Doherty into the same side. Now, uh, Leicester City are one of the few uh, Premier League teams without uh, Irish representation in their, their senior team. But they do have uh, Ali Regba and Daryl O'Connor in their, their under-21 setup. There was a story recently on uh, an Algerian uh, football blog that Regba um, is, actually has uh, Riyad Mahrez, the former Leicester City player and currently at Manchester City, as one of his idols and could possibly be tempted into declaring for Algeria. But the story didn't have any quotes from the player. And it seems to be more about how Riyad Mahrez has played in the last few seasons at Manchester City and before that winning the title at Leicester. So I don't put a lot of faith in it. Um, I don't think I don't think we're going to see him play for uh, anyone else other than Ireland, uh, certainly in, in the next, in the, in the very, very short term. Um, do you think that you know he's still going to be part of the the under twenty one squad, Mark? Or you know, do we think that he could push on into the Leicester senior team next season? It's yeah, it's a very tough call. But Rodgers does have um you know tradition of seeing talent underage and bringing it up. So it's a very much a fifty fifty call there with the player. And I did actually see that report as well regarding the Algerian link as well. Um, and that that's a bit of a distraction for the player, I think, on all honesty. Um, but yeah, uh, it's really down to the player here, um, just to literally kind of drive on here. And I think the first team opportunities for him in the first team may be a little bit reduced, given Leicester City's third place. They'd like to consolidate that. And maybe perhaps if they can kind of secure top four this season, it would be a magnificent achievement for the club. He might kind of see some game time um, potentially, but... Um, it's yeah, it's very remote for him, you know, for this season. But maybe next season, it'll be a short preseason anyway um, to get into the next season. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting just to see how it goes. But it's really down to the player, and he's driving determination to get to the next level. Yeah, and you know, playing under Rodgers, you know, a manager who likes to play really good football. You know, it'd be interesting to see how he, how he can develop with that manager with that manager's guidance. You know, Leicester currently tired, um, possibly. Probably not going to catch uh, Manchester City, you know, but, you know, they're looking good for a Champions League spot. And obviously, you know, with Champions League football, it brings uh, increased number of fixtures, uh, increased uh, danger of injuries and suspensions. And I think that does sometimes benefit, you know, the the, the more promising players in the, the, the academy or reserve setups and uh, maybe gets gives them uh, opportunities they, mo- they might not otherwise have. Now, uh, Cuevin Kelleher has the, the honour of being the first uh, Irish player to, to appear for Liverpool since Robbie Keane uh, this season when he, he's made four appearances uh, across the, the, the two cups for Liverpool um, and possibly the first footballer ever to win a Champions League medal before he's made his senior debut last season. So I don't think we ever think we're going to see him improve on that Champions League winner's medal. But it would have been nice to see him play at least one game in the Premier League. Like obviously Liverpool are are you know runaway leaders at the moment, playing absolutely sensational football. Um, but they do have you know probably the best goalkeeper in the league right now in in Allison. I don't think um, he was going to be dispossessed 
uh, that he was going to take that number one jersey away from him, certainly not in the short term. But, you know, goalkeepers have longer careers. Um, and again, you know, Kelleher is working with you know, one of the great managers in world football, Phil. I mean, do we think that he's going to be Liverpool's number one in, in a few years' time? There's every possibility, but I suppose with the goalkeeper, you really don't know because they don't mature until later on in their career. Um, what I would love to see is him go out and loan next season because he's had two seasons now under Klopp and he's had his, his, his two or three games this season in the Cups. But it would be great to see him maybe go to a championship side and get a, get a full season under his under his belt because I think there's this huge potential there. Even you could see in the Cup games, you know, he carries himself very well. Um, and all depending on how quickly Liverpool wrap up the league, there's a great chance you could see him for a couple of games towards the end of the season, especially with the five subs. I'm sure Klopp would like to give everyone a run out if he could, um, as long as they're not going for any any big records. But I think the main thing for Kelleher now next season is to get out and loan, because yeah. three seasons three seasons sitting on the bench is is all good all well and good for experience but he needs to actually get playing now now is the time and Adrian is there and he'll be there next season for probably for at least one more season so that's the main thing for Keller I think get out get on loan yeah you know Carius has returned from his his loan spell as well but I don't think he's going to be part of the Liverpool the the first team in the in the near future I'm pretty sure he's going to leave in the, in in what's what's left of the summer transfer window Similar to Queen Kelleher at Liverpool, uh, we have another we have another promising underage goalkeeper uh, at a Premier League club in Gavin Bazunu at Manchester City. You know, signed for for City from Shamrock Rovers, where he'd already made his his first team debut and even played uh, in the early rounds of uh, the, of European football. We didn't expect him to make his his first team debut for for City this season, but he has played Premier League two football. And he's played in the, the UEFA Youth League. He is kind of in a similar situation uh, to Keller in that he's got Ederson as in front of him uh, in that number one jersey. But time is very much on his side. He's only 18, you know, working with one of the, the, the best managers in world football in Pep Guardiola. Um, and, you know, one of the managers who likes to play a very attractive, you know, possession-based uh, style of football, you know, building right up in the back. He likes his his goalkeepers to be as comfortable on the ball as his uh, his number 10. You know, Mark, we're playing the long game very much here with, with Bizzuno, and I, I don't think we're going to see him involved in the first-team picture for, you know, a de- not, definitely not the end of this season and probably not next season either. But I think he's he is a fantastic prospect. Oh, complete star in the making, uh, Joe. Even when he was at Shamrock Rovers, the poise of the young man was just incredible and to go to Man City, as you say, you know, with the manager, he's footballing ethos and the way he likes his goalkeepers to play from the back, like the fact that he would be training every day with Lexi Ederson, you know, one of the, the best players, football goalkeepers, you know, with their feet, you know, he's passing distribution. It, it's all, it's all boding very well for the player and hopefully maybe he may go on loan second half of next season just to get experience maybe at League One championship level just to kind of get more game time experience. But for now, you know, it's a great education for him. So hopefully he continues on the upper curve. Yeah. And, uh, you know, staying in Manchester, you know, we we had hoped to see Leo Connor make his, his Manchester United debut. But, you know, unfortunately, he, he did only play for their, their under 21 side. This is before his, his move to Celtic. We still have uh, Charlie McCann and I'm, um, Sorry about the pronunciation of the name. Uh, Ayodiji Satona as uh, as Old Trafford. Again, you know they're two very young, very promising players. Um, and in Satona's case, he, he mightn't even be at at Old Trafford for for much longer. He's, you know, there's a lot of uh, transfer talk uh, around among about the the player mark. Apparently, he's one of the fastest uh, ever to have have trained at Carrington. Do you think that you know? Do you think that the the player will stay uh, with Manchester United, and is he someone that we could see in the the first team? Solskjaer hasn't been afraid to throw some of the more promising players uh, into the the the, the match day squad. 
Yeah, it, it's a difficult question to uh, answer, really, uh, Joe, because Ollie, contrary to what he's saying in the press, I think is still under a massive pressure there at the football club. Really, to get that top four position is a real key aim for the likes of Woodward and the board. So, for a guy, for the player you've mentioned, really, to kind of get first team football, it's going to be pretty, pretty difficult. Um, just considering the likes of um, Igalo, you know, Mason Greenwood, you have Rashford coming back to full fitness as well, and Ollie does like to go with that one out-and-out striker as well. So, um, you know, all the player can do is really kind of impress him the training ground. But, you know, unlikely really. And in the off-season, it could be very interesting in Manchester United. I think it's going to be several high-level casualties. And maybe then is when we may see the player kind of come into pre-season plans of Ollie. But I don't think right now for the season, I think there's too much at stake for Manchester United. They need a real good cup run leader in Europa League or FA Cup as well to really build all his reputation as a a viable Manchester United manager going forward. So I, I think unlikely right now this season that he'll feature. Okay. Yeah, and as you say, like the pressure is still very much on the the manager of Manchester United. They're not going to accept another season outside of uh, outside of Champions League football. Perhaps you know that's uh, they definitely need to finish to to aim for that uh, that top four or possibly top five uh, finish. Well, Oshin McIntyre has been involved in training with the first team at Newcastle United, but I think with the, the current you know unrest over ownership and management and will they have you know their usual transfer budget or will they have you know monopoly money to play with? I don't think Bruce is going to be making too many changes to the first team in the, the, the run into the end of the season. No, I don't think so. I think he, he, I wouldn't say he's even really having a look at the youth team at this stage, to be honest, with everything that's going on. Just uh, maybe one more win would secure them secure them another season in the Premier League. I'd say they're, they're safe anyway, but really they're just looking to this takeover. Um, Kieran Clark actually is should be back from injury. He was injured. He had ankle ligament injury, I think it was a couple of weeks before the season. Yeah. Stop. Yeah, and he was due to be out and miss miss the qualifier, miss the playoff for us as well. But he's actually, I think he's due back now as well. And he was someone who had been playing really well before he got injured and before the whole season shut down. Like he'd really come come back into the team and really impressed. There was a couple of games there. I think there was one against Chelsea, the one nil, where he was yeah. man of the match. Um, so that that's promising because he, you know, he's I I know he hasn't always started for Ireland, but he he's good cover. He's good solid cover. Yeah, and he was putting together a, a good run of uh, good run of Premier League football again, which he he kind of struggled in the last uh, few seasons. So um, yeah, I think if he's back playing regularly, you know, it's it's good for Newcastle, and obviously, you know, it's it's uh, it's good for Ireland. Yeah, they really love him at Newcastle as well. He's, yeah, I, the fans love him. He, they, they really like him. He puts in. He, he's meant to be, you know. He puts in a lot of effort, and they see that. And they kind of that's what they that's what they thrive on up there. That's what they like to see a player putting in, putting yeah. in the effort. And th- that's that's what they, that's as you said. That's what the crowd likes to see at St James's Park. You know, even if the player doesn't have the greatest ability, if he is playing as hard as he can, and as you know, if he is putting his heart and soul into the performance, into the jersey, they will sing his praises and. They're not, not. They're not a, forg- a forgiving fandom, by any means. And I think the the performances this season has maybe taken their their attention away from what's been going on in the boardroom. Yeah, like you said, Kieran Clark is very much a a fan favorite there. And I think they probably would be disappointed to see him replaced. You know, even if it is if it is for a a U team player like McIntyre. Mark, we mentioned uh, Aaron Connolly earlier on, and you know how he marked his first appearance in the Premier League with two goals. But Adam Ida was kind of a name that was maybe a little wasn't really on everyone's on his lips. People knew who he was, but we weren't really sure where he was coming to pecking order. And a lot of people have put Connolly and Troy Parrott ahead of him, but he's it's you know he exploded into the public consciousness with a hat trick in the FA Cup. Norwich have suffered a bit this season with uh, with their Goal scoring, Pucky started the season, you know, like a train, but you know, faded a little and has been injured. There's even cause for Ida to be brought into the the senior Ireland setup. I think he's possibly still a little bit too young for that, but we're really looking forward to to seeing what he can do, you know, at the end of this season and next and the seasons beyond. Yeah, completely, Joe. Um, I'm a big fan of Adam Ida, even in his relatively young, you know, profile, but. 
again, he has all the characteristics to be an outstanding world-class player. I mean, you know, he's high physique, but his sheer pace as well, guys, is just unbelievable. And his cameo against Preston North Hinton and Deepdale really did kind of highlight his skill set to the max. I mean, the three goals he scored were just, you know, the penalty was exuded confidence. But uh, one of his goals, he just left the, the back four for absolute dead, you know, just with his pace. And this is a guy who's continuing to learn his craft. And I know you mentioned about uh, Tivu Puki as well, but I think an awful lot of that had early season form was that Norwich were completely on a high in terms of their work rate, everything else. Um, but again, going back to Ida, you know, it's going to be a key kind of last few weeks of the season because if Norwich get cast adrift here, and relegations confirmed, I think from a North City perspective, I think the likes of the Adamidas should be getting some sort of game time, some exposure on the Premier League here towards the latter end. I don't see Norwich staying up, by the way, but I think Adamida may pr- increase his profile significantly here, particularly in the last maybe two or three games of the season. So, But he's a guy that, look, um, the, the sky's the limit for him. You know, he has all the, he's all the traits right now. So he's very much looking forward to seeing, seeing him. Sheffield United have been very much the surprise package of the season. Like we knew that they were playing uh, a, a really good brand of football uh, in the championship, but none of us expected them to play as well as this or to adapt as well as this to to the Premier League. You know, they're currently sitting seventh, they're you know level on points with with Wolves. They're two points behind Manchester United. You know, they're you know they're possibly going to get European football, you know, and possibly even Champions League football after, you know, only one season in the Premier League. You know, they've got four uh, play, Irish players uh, in their, their first team setup. You know, McGoldrick, Stevens, Egan and Callum Robinson has gone out on loan, but he did he did play and uh, and score for Sheffield United this season. You know, this, this season has seen uh, 21 uh, Irish players uh, in the Premier League, you know, the most since 2015-2016 season. And, you know, the the four I just mentioned um, uh, are obviously, you know, a, a big factor in that in that increase. Um, and, the, uh, Phil, you know, the, the the football that Sheffield United are playing, I think that the, the positions that the players are appearing in, you know, are really important for Ireland. John Egan is playing really well in the back three. Andy Stevens is playing really well, you know, on that left wing. And Dave McGoldrick is leading the line up front. Uh, the thing about Sheffield is, is if you look at a lot of the teams, a lot of the successful teams in the Premier League over the last few seasons, they've been teams with a, a three or four year plan. They haven't been changing managers. They're playing a particular way and they're building the team. And that's what Sheffield have done coming up through the ranks. And they've, just come out of nowhere this season and they've been brilliant. Um, as you said, Stevens and Egan, they're so important now for us going forward. Um, like they'd be two of the, f- they'd probably be the two first names on the on the team sheet nearly. Um, for Kenny and uh, as far as McGoldrick's concerned, I don't know will McGoldrick be involved after this campaign. Um, for Ireland, but like he's been, he's you know he's been very important for Sheffield this season. No goals. And everyone points to the goals, but you know he's played twenty-one times, and he's be, you know his holder play is impeccable, and that's important for Sheffield with their, this you know the system that they play, the three at the back, the the two wing backs, the overlapping centre backs. So um, yeah, they've been brilliant. They've been brilliant to watch actually as well. Really refreshing because it's not like they're they're playing all out attacking football. They're really well structured, and they know when to go forward, and they know how to defend as well. It's not like a team that came up maybe five or six years ago and they played brilliant football, scored loads of goals, but then ultimately conceded a lot and went down. Like this team really knows what it's doing. Um like Stevens and, and Egan have ten clean cheats each this season already. So, you know, it's it's great to see. Great yeah, to see yeah. from an Irish Irish perspective. Yeah, when you look at how the the other two teams that got promoted, Aston Villa and Norwich City, you know, they're currently nineteenth and twentieth uh, in the league. So, you know, I think it makes their, their achievements, you know, all that more impressive. So similar to the number of Irish that appeared for Sheffield United, uh, Shane Long, Michael Obafemi, and possibly, uh, surprisingly, Will Smallbone have all appeared for Southampton's first team this season. Now, Mark, I, I did some research, and I think the the time that those three uh, were all named in the, the, the starting 11 uh, back in February was possibly the first time that three Irish players have been named in the same Southampton starting 
uh, starting eleven ever. Um, and I think you know the the Obafemi and Smallbone coming out of the academy. We've got, there's also O'Driscoll, Aaron O'Driscoll, Seamus Kill, Cameron Ledwidge, and Sean Brennan is came through the academy system there, but he's he's on, on loan at the moment with uh, with in in the League of Ireland. You know, Shane Long has just signed a, a new extension to his contract at Southampton. The manager uh, signed a, a new extension uh, a week or two before that. They're definitely building something at Southampton, and it looks like the Irish players are going to be very much part of that. Absolutely. And, I mean, if you go back historically in Southampton Football Club, they've been a great football club for the grassroots, developing their youth system players. I mean, Gareth Bale, for instance, came through to Southampton Academy before he went on to start him with Tottenham and then Real Madrid. Um, but the same here as well, the likes of Smallbone and Obafemi, you know, they're two outstandingly exciting prospects, two speed merchants. I mean, they've showed their skill and their pace in full effect in various appearances for Southampton this season. And then you couple that with Shane Long, because I thought at the start of the season, particularly the way how Southampton started at that infamous tender against uh, Leicester City, it didn't look good for Southampton, and it certainly didn't look good for the likes of Hassan Huddle, and also maybe Shane Long, because he wasn't getting a game at that stage. But the resiliency of Shane Long as well, just to kind of maintain battle for his place, his squad placing, his starting berth as well. In the last few months, I think he's been absolutely nothing short than excellent. I mean, he's work great, everything about him, his professionalism on and off the pitch is something that the manager really admires and is really highlighted in press conferences. So, as you say yourself, Joe, the three guys, you know, have featured in the first team. And I think it gives the confidence for the rest of the guys in the youth academy that they could make it as well, given the hard work and dedication that they're putting in as well. So, yeah, Southampton, I think, is one of our teams that we should be watching fairly closely in the next season or two. Phil, you know, one of the names that seems to have been on the lips of uh, every uh, Ireland fan for uh, two years now is Tottenham's Troy Parrott. And people have been calling for his uh, his inclusion in the first team. Um, it didn't happen under Pochettino. And then when Mourinho took over, people were kind of thinking that, you know, he was going to be given a run out. And, but possibly Mourinho's history with youth players, Mike Hans against him. But we have seen him make his uh, his Premier League debut under Mourinho. Um, unfortunately, he's recently had surgery for uh, for his appendix, uh, which is maybe has cost him time uh, in terms of the of, of training and preparation for the resumption of football. But you know, this is a player that a lot of people have been really excited about for a long time, and you know, we want to see him playing Premier League football. Um, do you think that Mourinho is the right manager for him? Uh, absolutely not. No, not not a chance. Um, I think he's really unlucky that Mourinho came in. I think with the situation at Spurs, if Pochettino was still there, I think he would have seen a lot more game time. Um, but I think just Mourinho, we all know Mourinho's attitude and opinion of, of younger players, um, especially teenagers, um, which he basically has no opinion of them. And unless they're a senior player, he doesn't want to know. Um, and I think Parrot's really suffered for it. And we've all been so anxious to see him play. And I think the more we he sat on the bench, the more disappointed we've got. But um, like he's going to miss, I think, the next two games uh, through through that surgery that you mentioned. But do I think that um, we'll see him for the last few games of the season? I honestly think Mourinho will play two goalies up front before he give him a start. Genuinely, I'm not even joking. I I just don't think we'll we'll um we'll see him, and I think it's a shame. And I think he'd need to he need to get his his arse and gear and get a get a loan move out of there because we've mentioned so many players there today on this podcast. We've mentioned um, Ida, Connolly, um, Obafemi. You know they're all streets ahead of him now. Now Kenny will know best. Kenny knows all these players. But you have to be playing the players that are getting game time. And the three players I just mentioned, they've all scored goals. They've all got game time. And Parrott's sitting there and he's doing nothing, which is a huge shame. A huge, huge shame. Because we, like I was, we've discussed, we have so many players coming through now. We mentioned the goalies Pep Guard, under Pep Guardiola, Klopp. You have, we've a lot of young players coming through that are technically very good. And they're actually at clubs with the managers who like to play football, which is something that we really haven't had in a long time. You think of all the 
the younger players that we've had come through over the last six or seven years. You know, the average age of of a I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but the Irish age, the average age of an Irish player that will make a debut would be 25, 26. I think with Kenny coming in, that day is gone. I think even Connor Noss that we've mentioned, I think you'll see these fellas getting captain friendly straight away and getting fast tracked to the team and getting game time. So Troy Parrott has to be playing to get on that train and to make sure he's not left behind, regardless of his talent, because maybe he is better than a few of those players. But unless he's not playing, we don't know, and he's not going to get game time. I wouldn't be too harsh on either the player or the manager. We have to remember Troy Parrott is still only, he's still only 18, um, and he, he is involved in the Tottenham senior setup. And you know historically, you know we don't have a lot of uh, you know strikers playing uh, Premier League football, and it's just bizarre that we seem to have uh, the likes of Parrott and Ida and Connolly and Obafemi all coming through at the at the same time. But but what my point would be is we do now, and so if you're Troy Parrott now, do you stay at Tottenham next year and not go out alone under Mourinho? I think, I think he will look to go out alone. I think um, he'll recognise that his 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 first team opportunities at a, at a, an important part of his development are going to be limited. Harry Kane is all, well when fit is always going to t- start for Spurs. You know, young Min son has just returned from his uh, his national duty with South Korea. And again, if he's fit, he will start every game for Spurs. Even so, if they're not fit, though, he, he'll still play someone else, which he has. Which he has done, yeah. More, and he's played more up front, yeah. I think, yeah, next season, I think we will be looking to see Parrott go out on loan, maybe somewhere like Stoke or Nottingham Forest playing championship football and seeing if he can handle that level of football. Um, I also think we're going to see him with with the Irish under twenty ones, maybe for another year. I don't think he's going to get. I don't think he's ready for promotion to the senior squad just yet. Um, you know, also at, at Tottenham as well. Um, you know, Jamie Bowden declared for for Ireland this year and, and uh, featured for the under nineteens in their qualifiers at the end of last year. He's one of these names that seems to has have been very highly rated at Tottenham, and he, he is the same age as Troy Parrott. He's only eighteen. And I think people, possibly because uh, they haven't seen him, uh, haven't seen much of him, he's, he's only played a, a handful of times for the Ireland or age sides. Maybe the same pressure isn't on him. And I don't, again, I don't think he's going to uh, appear for Spurs before the end of the season. But, you know, again, he like like we've discussed with Parrot, he could go out on loan next season and we could see what, uh, what he's capable of. Darren Randolph made possibly uh, one of the more surprising moves of the, the season when he, he left Middlesbrough to join West Ham uh, in January. It's possibly fair to say that you know the, the move hasn't worked out exactly as he'd like. He hasn't seen a lot of first-team football um, uh, for West Ham, but you know he and you know it, the motive, primary motivation for the, the the move might not have been uh, to, you know first-team football. You know. He is 33. He's very much in the, the autumn of his career. And I don't for one minute uh, begrudge him uh, one single cent of that, uh, that contract that he signed. But as Ireland's number one goalkeeper, we kind of do need him playing uh, first-team football. Um, West Ham, you know, the, the, the club has been, you know, it's it hasn't really had a good run in the last few years. The fans weren't happy with the move. The uh, owners, you know, constantly to be saying the wrong things uh, on social media. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's sad to see, you know, because they are one of the, the great clubs of, of English football with, a, you know, a proud heritage going back to, to, to 1966 and, and, and before that. Um, so, you know, Phil, um, what do you think of the, the move that Randolph made uh, to West Ham? Well, the, really, I, from a from a, a selfish point of view, really disappointing. Um, like I totally get your point about, you know, he's thirty three. It's his last payday. You know, good luck to him. He deserves it. Um, but there was no. This wasn't a, a. This wasn't a move to further his career at all. This was. This was. I'd love to know actually how much of a say he had in the move, even because he was sold for five million to Middlesbrough and he was bought back for one million. <laughs> Last season, he was in the championship team of the year as well. So, you know, if any move he was making, he should have been, if to the Premier League, he should have been making 
to a team where he knew he was going to start. Now, he was coming back to West Ham. Fabianski was named West Ham Player of the Year last season. They love him there. He made more saves last season than any other goalkeeper in the top five leagues as well. So if you're Darren Randolph and you're looking at the move in January, are you thinking, oh, I'm definitely getting in ahead of this fella? Or are you thinking, I don't know, look, I'm 33. Let's go back to the Premier League for for one or two more seasons. We'll earn a few pounds. Which is probably it, and just from an from an i from a, a an Irish fan's point of view, it's it's disappointing because he he's one of our most important players, and we have to have him playing. And you know, even coming up to the playoff now, I'd be worried about him because he's gone so long without playing football, first team football. Yeah, and well, we we actually don't have a lot of options um, um, in you know the goalkeeping position, um, so. Like, would it's, you Westwood? Would you play Westwood? Like Randolph will play in the playoff, but really his involvement in the squad then after that is very questionable. If he doesn't move from West Ham, which he probably won't. Yeah, I mean, like, and again, that's uh, it's it's strange because we've had, you know, we've we've had Randolph um, before that. We had you know David Ford, Kieran Westwood has always been there. We had such a long run which Shea given at number one that we've kind of we've always kind of assumed that we would have options uh in goals and suddenly we might not and uh that's that's a you know it's not it's sometimes you know it's just the way things happen but it's it's something and as we as we've said earlier you know we could have uh we could have Kelleher and Vizunu you know playing regularly in the Premier League in a few years time you know so it's uh, it's something I think the manager is, I, I've no doubt the manager is aware of it, and it's uh, something he'll he'll have to work on. And uh, you know, just away from the the first team picture at uh, at West Ham, you know, uh, Anthony Scully and Connor Coventry have both gone out on loan um, and and are playing well uh, in the in League One. Um, we, I'd hope to see them return and you know force their way into the the, the first team picture at West Ham. And uh, kind of similar to to Satona that we mentioned earlier at Manchester United. They signed uh, Meepo, um, and again, I'm sorry for the pronunciation if this is wrong, uh, Meepo Odubico from uh, Manchester United. He couldn't agree uh, a contract there. You know, he's only he's only 17, but he's gone into play Premier League 2 football for West Ham and has been scoring for them. Um, so, again, look, very few 17-year-olds play Premier League football. We, we could be waiting a little while before we see him uh, in the, the first team at West Ham, but... You know, again, it could be uh, it could be one to watch. Um, so finally, in our roundup, um, we come to Matt Doherty's Wolves, and look, Matt Doherty has probably been the most consistent uh, Irish player in the Premier League uh, since certainly since Wolves have returned to the to the Premier League to the top table as as in English football. Um, and you know, Martin O'Neill couldn't solve the problem of how to get him and Seamus Coleman into the the same team and you know it's such a, a shame that you know at 28 he mightn't really get as many Ireland caps as he deserves and you know there's comparisons to be made there with with Wes Hoolan you know who who, who retired just short of uh, 50 caps you know Darty currently has has eight um and and you know we all expect him to to add to that but um he mightn't even reach that uh that that half century by the end of his career um you know Mark do you think that's uh, that's that's a problem that the manager can solve, or you know, will he? Uh, how is he going to even approach that? Yeah, I feel Matt Doherty needs his it's his time, it's his opportunity for Republic of Ireland now. I mean, he's at he's age twenty eight, he's at the prime of his career. I think he needs to be unleashed, and in that effect, then the question comes on Seamus Coleman, and for me. If this is Stephen Kenny, if this is the new football ethos that we're looking at for Republic of Ireland, do we go three at the back? And if we do, Seamus Coleman has to be one of those three centre, uh, three defenders here to pass from the back. I can see how Stephen Kenny can persist with a four four two formation, given all the the comments that he's been making to the media. I think we need a fundamental shift, 
And if that's the case, I think a 352 would be perfect. And it would, uh, from my perspective, solve an awful lot of problems because literally Doherty has been a revelation for Wolves again this season. You know, he's, you know, coming in late into the box, his delivery, he's just everything about him. He's been a standout performer for Wolves. And I mean, this is a football club that is continuing on the up and up. The, you know, particularly with the squad that they have, they're currently looking at other world class players again. They could be a dark horse for a top four Champions League. For Matt Doherty to continue his first team games, game minutes under that backdrop, I think he has to, from Stephen Kenny's perspective, it's a no-brainer. He, he slots in. And then it's a case of Seamus Coleman and where you fit him in and think three at the back is kind of where he has to go, I think. Yeah, um, I think that's, uh, that's a definite possibility. You know, it's that kind of, it, it would set us up and that's uh, to play the kind of football that, that, um, that Stephen Kenny is known for. Um, we it's possible that we might see you know his 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 wolves a club mate if not teammates Connor Ronan, um, you know brought into to to that side maybe playing that that number number ten role behind the striker that you know again we mentioned before that you know he's not the the type of player that we produce very often but every time I've seen him um, I've been impressed by him um, I feel like we should mention uh, Lewis Richards as well the the eighteen year old at wolves. Um, he still hasn't made his first team debut, but he was named on the bench for their final uh, Europa League uh, group game uh, earlier this season. And if he had made an appearance, he'd have been the first Irish teenager to to play uh, in the, the group stages of the Europa League since uh, since Shane Duffy for for Everton. Um, and you know he's uh, obviously you know very highly thought of uh, by the setup at Wolves, and you know. Hopefully, as we as we keep saying, with the expanded number of substitutes, with the expanded number of substitutions available to managers, you know, we could see him make uh, make his uh, his his first team debut before the end of the season. Um, so away from the Premier League, um, the Bundesliga has been back uh, for a couple of weeks now, and uh, I think we're all still recovering from the loss of uh, Ryan Johansson through no fault of his own to to, to Sweden. Um, but there's a, another player uh, in the Bundesliga uh, involved in the Irish uh, underage setup, and that's uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach's uh, Connor Noss. So, uh, Phil, unfortunately, uh, Connor hasn't been involved uh, with the, the Borussia team since the since the restrictions were lifted on professional football in Germany. But uh, they did suffer uh, one that lost last week, and one of their strikers. Excuse me, was sent off, so we could see him uh, involved soon, and against the all teams, Bayern Munich. Yeah, wouldn't it be something to see him to see him play in such an important game at, at such an important stage of the season against the biggest team in Germany? And um, will it happen? It's hard to know. I, I doubt we'll see him from the start. Very possibly, depending on how the game is going, though, we could see him off the bench. Um, which would be brilliant, which would be just amazing to have a player uh, so young playing in such a big game. Um, so, he, yeah, here's hoping. Yeah, and he, if he does appear, he'll be the, the, the fourth Irish player uh, to to appear uh, in the in the top division uh, in in Germany. Um, give, us you know, the, give us the other three. Uh, yep. It's Noel Campbell for <laughs> for Fortuna uh, Cologne. Uh, Alan Clark for uh, 1890 Berlin. They're a team that don't actually exist anymore. And uh, Patrick Coleman for Borussia Dortmund. Uh, he's the last player, so the last Irish player to to be to appear in the Bundesliga. So it's um, good knowledge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's uh, you know, it's it's something. I think that's you know, it's, it would be a massive boost, you know, for the player and you know for the and obviously for for Ireland as well to see him involved. You know. Um, after after Bayern, um, you know, Munch and Gladbach have a uh, they play at Wolfsburg and then they play the bottom team, uh, Paderborn, um, before finishing up against uh, Hertha Berlin. So you know, it's uh, it's it's possible that we're going to see him involved in, in. I'd hope to see him involved in at least one of those games before the the, the Bundesliga uh, finishes up at the end of June. Um, and even further afield in in Poland, uh, Killian Sheridan um, has returned to action with um, with uh, Wisla Pluk 
I'm, again, I'm, I'm, my apologies for my for my pronunciation. And uh, he actually scored at the weekend um, against uh, one of his former teams. Um, and I'm not even going to attempt to uh, to pronounce to pronounce um, uh, their name. But you know, uh, I think Sheridan is one of the strikers that never really got a a, a, a good run. Um, you know, perhaps you know the the clubs that he's played for. You know, um, in in Bulgaria, in in Switzerland, um, in Israel, um, didn't realize counted against him. Um, but on the other hand, you know, he's got all this experience around Europe. Um, you know, Mark, do you think we should possibly look at bringing him into the senior setup? Uh, I mean, we do have an awful lot of underage talent coming through as well. Um, yeah. Again, we we haven't met Adam Elida's name, you know, from Norwich City, and I know he's not really going to feature. Uh, that much with Tim Puki as kind of the main striker. But again, guys like that, you know, we mentioned the likes of um, Will Smallbone, Michael Obafami, you know, our Troy Parrot, the Big Hope, guys like that. But again, Killian is vastly experienced. Um, it really depends on Stephen Kenny. No, he's 31. I think he still has plenty to offer. I think he's still a young 31, really. I mean, given his appearances and goals ratio, um, he has scored goals wherever he's gone as well. I mean, where he was in Poland previously, I think he hit was a 13, 13 goals in 46 appearances. So, I mean, he does have, you know, he's a good target man as well. But again, it's all down to Stephen Kenny. It's the footballing ethos that he's looking for. It's potentially a long shot here. But as long as he can keep scoring goals, um, his name will still be out there. And I think that's probably Killian's objective right now. Yeah. Um, so, uh, thanks, Mark. Um like to, I hope you've been you've enjoyed our review of the the performance for Irish players in the Premier League and you know further afield. We're going to return next week with a, a look at the Championship players ahead of the the return on uh, June twentieth. So uh, Mark and Philip again, I hope to speak to you soon. Okay, thank you. Thanks, lads. All right.